Welcome back to License to Spiel. I'm Carl Wonders. And I'm Fat Hate. Today we're going to continue our run through the Mission Impossible movies with 2011's Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. How many times has Ethan Hunt been disavowed now? Um, well, well at least at least four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't mess around. They disavow everything in this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they Oh yeah, they enact the ghost ghost protocol. protocol. Expect like a little ding to go off or something. I also like the introduction of the director that we're supposed to care about who has never appeared before and and is, you know, obviously not going to appear again. Well, no, he yeah, he's kind of not around anymore. But like they imply that like he and Ethan go way back, but like yeah. Last movie, it was a different director. It's a different director in every movie up until the last couple, I think, right? I mean, yeah. doesn't, doesn't Alec Baldwin stick around for a little while? He does, but yeah. doesn't he also die? I think so. It's been a bit. I mean, this is this is further in the movie, but I did note that this movie came out in that era of Hollywood movies when every movie had to have Tom Wilkinson in it. Because <laughs> there, I swear there was a stretch of like four or five years where he just showed up in everything. I saw that in your notes, and I first thought it said Colm Wilkinson, and I was very confused. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Yeah, that that would have been... Oh, speaking of which, Terrence Mann is in Foundation. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, this movie. This movie... So, I I hadn't seen this movie in a long time up until we actually... Wa I actually watched this twice. Uh... But well, uh, yeah, well, you know, auto autoplay and all that when we did Mission Impossible three. Uh. I was going to listen to this. I was going to watch it again. Um, but then I, I didn't get it. I didn't oh, okay. actually do it. Yeah, I never got a chance. I finished it today. OK, um, it's good. I yeah. None of these movies have audit or most of them anyway, don't have audio commentaries, which is annoying because if they did, I would definitely watch it again for that. Yeah. Like so. I would love to hear the story of how Brad Bird got to direct this movie because mm. he does animation <laughs> and and he does a really good job for not ever having directed live people before. I mean, other than, you know, doing voices and stuff. And yeah, and he this is definitely one of his better live people movies because didn't he also do Tomorrowland? I believe so. Yes, that was not good. That is not as good as this movie. And it was Written by Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec, I guess is how you say his name. Yep. And J.J. Uh, Abrams has stayed on as a producer. He has. Uh, so these two guys who wrote the movie uh, go back to the Alias days. Mm -hmm. uh, they both wrote for Alias. They also are responsible for the Megan Fox uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which I forgot that was, was a, a thing. thing. <laughs> Weren't there at least two of them? Yeah, I think they wrote both of them. Or at least, they at least wrote the first one. I, th I think I saw the second one at the drive-in when it came out. They also, I believe, did Life on Mars, which is a pretty decent show. Yeah. Uh, from the late aughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking through... Uh, which Life on Mars did they do? Um, There were more than one. Oh, this is... I'm sorry. This is the Harvey Keitel... Jason O'Mara one. This is not. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah, they probably would have done the American one. Yeah, this is not. not this is not the, the good, good one. one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 
So they, they've done a lot of TV uh, and and occasionally dip their toes into the the waters of of uh, writing for film. Uh, oh, they 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 wrote the GI Joe Ever Vigilant, which I guess is a movie that's going to happen at some point. Oh, I forgot that had become a movie franchise. And Beverly Hills Cop Four, which apparently has been announced. So great. Yeah. Well. And any movie that ever that got a sequel in the eighties is getting a new movie. Yeah, that's it's true. Pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. When is Gremlins three coming out? I mean, <laughs> there probably already was one. It was probably like a straight to VHS sequel or something at I, some point. I would prefer a Gremlins three to a lot of these movies that they're coming out with. Actually, <laughs> yeah, Gremlins three. I'd be okay. I've actually never seen any of the Gremlins. What? As long as the gremlins are still puppets and not CGI. They'd be I'll CGI. Be okay. I know they oh, would. I don't know. It's the, it's, at this point, they might be puppets. If this if it were made 10 years ago, they would absolutely oh, be Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. They're <laughs> resurgent, resurgence of uh, actual in-camera stuff. Like, when is Police Academy 37 coming out? I mean. Oh, God. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg's still around, right? Um, well, like a bunch of the people are dead from those but yeah. you know there'd be enough yeah <laughs> I don't, i'm trying to think of 80s franchises that you know they're gonna resurrect well i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that lethal weapon will not be made again <laughs> probably not i mean between mel gibson's issues and i mean what's what's danny glover gonna do like i'm really too old for this shit i mean <laughs> i'm literally too i'm old literally too shit. old for this shit breaks the fourth wall uh, i've actually never seen uh, a lethal weapon either <laughs> they're, they're fine <laughs> i only know the i'm too old getting too old for this uh, for this joke from uh, how i met your mother yes <laughs> yeah yeah so all right so this movie yeah so we we start off in the middle of a thing that's happening here uh as most movies no but but i mean like we're we're so 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 the first thing i want to point out is that they they make a point of saying that we're in budapest but they don't say hungary and they do that throughout this movie, thank goodness. Yeah, and I feel like fewer people know where Budapest is than, like... Right. <laughs> the obvious ones from the last movie. We'll say London, England, but Budapest, you have to figure we'll out what country We'll say Rome, Italy, is. but yeah, yeah Budapest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, we start with this rooftop chase and this guy who sort of looks like Tom Cruise, but isn't. He's like Fun right out of Budapest. Spy Central casting, I, I, I think. Uh, and people who know the who know the you know layout of Budapest could tell which part of Budapest they're in based on where based on you know the establishing shot. But apparently, like Budapest is the combination of two cities, mm-hmm. Buda and Pest. Yep, depending on which side of the river you're on. Right, and the camera yep. pans over the river, so yeah. I don't know whether we're in Buda or Pest, though. Not I just know that there are two cities. I yes, don't, that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the limit of my Budapest knowledge as well. <laughs> this this poor guy, like, I don't know where the airbag came from. He he jumps off the the roof, and this giant airbag deploys, and he lands on it. Yeah, uh, where did that come? I from? don't know. <laughs> I thought maybe it was attached to the back of his jacket, but it's not. 
Uh, that would be an impressive jacket if it were. It would be. But no, yeah, you because you actually can see him fall into it. Yep. But it's also not there until right before he lands. Nope. You're not supposed to ask these questions. Actually, no, it might have... No, it does... It, no, it might fall off his... Yeah, you do actually see something fall off him and okay. land. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah. No, you do. Okay. Uh, Luckily for him, it deploys and he's saved from a fall. However, he turns the corner and is immediately shot by our... Uh, by Madeline Swan. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, what's she doing here? Leia Cito. And I like... You know, she she shoots him multiple times, takes his bag, and they they pan over to his phone that has the all caps assassin over her photo. Because, yes. yeah. So, all right. They've all got eye cameras. Why do they not have eye heads up displays if they can have that tech? Like, yeah. why does he have to pull out his phone for that? I, I don't have a good answer for that. I feel like today they would have heads up display. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like even in 2011, they should have heads they, up. They should. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, they it existed. Also, dang, the iPhone 4 was tiny. Yeah, I had a comment about the iPhone 4 at the end of the movie. Uh, <laughs> you can tell this movie was sponsored by Apple. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. We cut to Moscow. Again, no country, so I can only assume it's Moscow, Idaho. Here. Oh, probably. Um, <laughs> There's some Moscow, Pennsylvania as well. That's true. Yeah. This scene, this whole sequence, I think is a lot of fun, but it makes no sense at all. Correct. And we realize that we're in in an even numbered Mission Impossible movie because Tom Cruise has bad hair. <laughs> you know, I hadn't picked up on that, but OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's bad. It's just yeah. as bad as it was in two. It is. Yeah. It's like every other it's movie. It's pretty much the same hair that he had in two. Mm hmm. He's got the long hair going again. Oh, wait, does he have bad hair in Fallout? I don't remember, but we'll find out in a couple weeks. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's in a Russian prison, I guess. I mean, they explain why later. How but... did he know to go down to the low level below him? I don't know. Because clearly he was supposed to. Yeah. Because as soon as he does, the door opens. Yep. But, like, how... Why? Hmm. I do enjoy I do enjoy him fighting with Benji. Yes. Oh, and he's trying to get him to open the door. Yeah. And Benji won't do it. And then yeah. he just looks over at the guards and just like, like He's like this whatever. Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also enjoy as Benji like set, starts the prison fight, he's like mouthing sorry to the guards. Yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Puts on the Dean Martin. Mm -hmm. At one point, you know, Ethan Hunt is supposed to go out this one way, but he goes back to get some other Russian guy out of the prison to because he's, I don't know, Chekhov's Russian prisoner, I guess. <laughs> I like the one the one moment where the, the, the door opens and then the big guy comes out and just looks at him and turns and starts fighting and yes. doesn't get. <laughs> so wait, so. Well, uh, you know, I'm obviously not listening to the movie, but was the song Ain't That a Kick in the Head? Yes. That's in my head. Yep. Yeah, that's what it I'm is. Yep. Did they at any point time, I didn't notice, did they at any point time a kick in the head to Ain't That a Kick in the Head? I don't think so. Like, I feel like that's a really missed opportunity. Uh, yeah. This guy always reminds me, he always looks like the Winter Soldier to me when you don't look at him too closely. Uh, the guy playing Bogdan? Seb yeah, Sebastian Stan. Um, yes. 
They had that weird device that just, like, vibrates a hole in the floor or something. I mean, I could see that being theoretically possible. Yeah, that I could see that being a thing. It is not the most unrealistic technology in this no. movie. No, no, that that comes later. <laughs> so yeah, we get a we get a standard we get a standard Mission Impossible intro complete with scenes from throughout the movie. Yep, and I and I like that it starts off with Tom Cruise saying "light the fuse." Yes, and she does, and yeah, we get the animated uh, credit sequence with all the usual stuff. And we find out that Bogdan was his informant, so he had to get him out, otherwise he would probably get killed. Right. I like that they just shoot him with a dart, and he falls out the door right into the other yes. van, and they haul him away. And now we get some more background on the guy that died in the beginning. We find out that the uh, slightly unusual, I mean, not unusual, but kind of takes me out of the movie for uh, for reasons like the fact that she's Agent Carter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not that one. Uh well, in 2011, she came first. Yes. Well, I mean, not from the books. No, the but, books, yeah. but, you know, but I like yeah. the, the public zeitgeist. She came first. Correct. They wouldn't they probably wouldn't have done that today. Oh, no, no, no. We find out that they thought Tom Cruise was in the prison for a mission or something. And he was actually just in the prison. And yes, <laughs> and <laughs> the secretary just wanted to get him out because, you know, they needed his help. Yeah, we get the background on Agent Hannaway, who's. I guess was romantically involved with Agent Carter here because this sets up stuff that happens later. Mm-hmm. I like the old Soviet era payphone. Yeah, that he gets his yeah. mission briefing from. Um, my only comment here, though, before we get to that, is the the very lax security of nuclear arms codes in yeah. Russia. That it's in, just on a piece of paper in a folder. Well, you know, where would you store yours? Yeah. Also, I absolutely would stab myself in the hand with that ring needle that he has <laughs> yes <laughs> we we get a couple additions to this team later but this is probably my favorite ensemble so far like, i i like you know these three and then you know when yeah. jeremy renner shows up later i i i yeah and i i really like how they set it up at the end about how they're gonna be a team and they're gonna like do yeah stuff and then hey look they're no longer a team in the next movie well i think Paula Patton's the only one who didn't come back, right? Because Jeremy Renner's in the next movie. Jeremy Renner is in the next movie, but he's not, like, part of Ethan's team. Right. So, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, Paula Patton doesn't come back at all. Like, no. the women never come back. Well, they... Well, what's her name? Rebecca Ferguson does. Yes. But that's that's basically because that's a direct sequel. True. Like, things change. After this movie, we are no longer... We are no longer in episodic Mission Impossible territory. No. Well, it's been all Christopher McQuarrie since, so. Right. Since yeah, one. like, so yeah. this one is, this one is the last time that we get, because this is basically a standalone story. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously things happened in his life, but you don't actually need that for this story. You do not need to have seen any other Mission Impossible to see this movie. No. They give you all the exposition you might need about Ethan Hunt. And then some. but yes the the russian payphone goes to a soviet payphone yes which is clearly like yeah it's clearly from like the 70s or something and i love the way i love the like brutalist soviet design i i love i truly do love all that soviet style stuff from it just looks so cool yeah i expected them to i and maybe they did like i would expect that payphone to show up in chernobyl yes exactly yeah 
And I also enjoy that it doesn't explode, so he has to hit it and then it Yes. <laughs> I like before that where it takes the time to spell out what disavowed means on the screen. <laughs> As if we didn't know already. And Well, that's for the people who haven't seen the first three. Right. So here's a question I have. Uh, they they <laughs> He goes and they say there's this guy, Cobalt, who we don't know who he is, but we think he was a Russian nuclear, what do they call him? Uh, some some sort of Soviet Russia or Soviet nuclear person. Therefore, we need you to break in the Krem- into the Kremlin, which seems like a leap to me. A level one nuclear strategist for Russian intelligence. So the only way to get figure out who he is is to break into the Kremlin. And I, and I like Benji's reaction. Where he's like, I thought you said Kremlin. I thought you said he says it like three or four times. He's like, I thought you said the crowd. It was funny the first time. It was not. Yeah, funny. then he kind of got beaten into the ground. But yeah. But yes, I I enjoy this. I enjoy the Russian music that plays. Yeah, this is where the we start the running gag here about Benji and masks. Yes. How does this balloon work? Yeah, I I don't. So there's a camera on the balloon. I understand that. How does she fly the balloon over the thing? I understand rotating the camera. But how does that propel the balloon? Yeah, it doesn't. They got really lucky with the wind, I guess. I guess so, because it goes right over the little chimney thing, and they can drop the transmitter like right down into the... Th- yeah. Also, the, the Kremlin security must be super weak that just dropping a transmitter down the chimney gives them access to their computers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually surprised Kremlin security allowed them to fly a balloon over the building. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> Is that a bust of Lenin? Would there be a bust of Lenin in the Kremlin net today? In 2011? I don't know. Probably, it'd probably be a bust of Putin. I mean, yeah, but it I mean, it looks like Lenin, right? I think that's Lenin. Where is the bust? When they're walking through, when they walk in, when they, after they, just after they get past the guard. Oh, okay. So when, when they, they upload the file and get. Yeah, I think it's Lenin. He's got a beard. It's not Putin. No, no. There probably is a bust of Putin in the Kremlin, though, yeah. I mean, I will say this hallway that they they walk up the stairs and there's that white hallway. I guess Lenin is still revered in Russia, so that's Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, we in in the West tend to think of, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union as, like, the, you know, repudiation of all things Soviet, but that really wasn't how that worked in Russia. No. They got rid of all the Stalin stuff, but they didn't get rid of all the Lenin stuff. Well, he didn't murder as many people, so. Not quite as many. Not no. quite as many, yeah. I, I would venture to say that Lenin actually, like, was, like, an actual communist, whereas Stalin was, well. Was not. Stalin. <laughs> Stalin was a socialist who, like, having the power that he had. Uh, yeah, Stalin was a, yes. Lenin had ideals. Stalin wanted power. Yes, I think that is fair to say. But now that this is not, you know, a podcast where we talk about the history of Russia, there are plenty of podcasts that do that already. Yes, and uh, they might actually know what they're talking about, unlike me. <laughs> yes, there is that, too. <laughs> Although I, I did take two semesters of Russian history in college, but that was... I've, like, read a couple books. I read Animal Farm. That counts, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so, they... so two things here. One, they're, they're in this, they're in the, around the corner here. To this guard, they do some really clunky exposition at times, including here where they pause to have Benji talk about Julia. Like, yeah. 
I'm gonna we're we're trying to set up this thing to get this guard distracted and stuff, but I'm gonna talk about how sorry I am that your marriage didn't work out, which is weird. But then they get this guard out of the way and they put up essentially a giant rear projection screen that I guess duplicates the view of the guard based on his eye position. I like the idea. Yeah. There's also, no way this wow, works. Wow, the, the original iPad had huge bezels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not feasible. It wouldn't actually work. It would not be seamless enough to, to no. for them not to notice. Like, the edges would be messed up. Something wouldn't quite work. Especially when they move it. Yeah, it mm -hmm. would not work. I, I do appreciate how it's programmed to track his eyes so the perspective is correct because then yeah. later when another guy shows up it glitches mm -hmm. which i think yeah is good. i like the, like is it's a cool idea i yeah. just don't think it's actually possible and, to do it in such a way that it would be perfectly seamless yeah and i need to go back because i think they actually did something like this in one of the tv shows but again i don't it's been a long time so i can't yeah, I've never seen sure. the show, so I couldn't say. I think the only TV show from that era that I've seen is the original Star Trek. Mm. But then, so this this whole sequence reminds me a lot of the that opening heist bit in the first movie because all this is for naught, really. Yeah. The, the moment I just sorry, it was the moment when Benji stands up and is in the way. Yeah, that and, was like, his, good. His I like that. His face shows up on the screen. Uh, I I also enjoy them uh sending the the water dripping sound to send the guards yeah. to different places. That, that, that was cool too. Yep. That was fun. But yeah, they do all this and it doesn't, it doesn't do any good. No. Cause we find out that Cobalt has been tying into their radio signal, I guess, because at one point he starts calling in for the team leader to do something. I think, yeah, but he, that was a broadcast that went to everyone, including the Russians. Right. So like he, he knew they were there and he knew that, he knew that by doing that, he would get them caught and blamed. Yes, because the, the tapes they're trying to get are missing that would have Cobalt's information on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see we see him played by uh, Michael Nyquist, who I mostly remember from the Swedish version of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo films, mm -hmm. um, among other things. But that's really where I first think of when I think of him. All right. So, yeah. And so Tom Cruise knows he's got to get out of there. Mm hmm. I like how he tells he tells the guards to shut the gate and then just walks out. Yep. And he also that reversible jacket is just like when Roger Moore did it. Also <laughs> not possible because you can see the inside of the jacket. Yes. The Russian military jacket slash windbreaker that he has. Yeah. Like the lines of the jacket are completely different. Yep. And you can also see the underside of the lapels on the windbreaker. Mm -hmm. And it is clearly not, except in the later scene when it is. Right. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yes, Roger Moore would be, would be proud. Yes. So then there's an explosion. Mm-hmm. A rather unconvincing CGI explosion, I have to say. Just a but bit. 2011, oh, what can you do? Although I just wa I watched Spider-Man 3 last night, so it is not the most unconvincing CGI movie I have seen in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah. So he wakes up in a hospital, mm -hmm. and they do a cool thing where the subtitles are in Russian and then change to English. I yes. like that. Yeah, I like that touch. Like he's waking. Like he's up still waking and, up trying yeah. to figure out what's happening, and then yeah, he starts to register what they're saying. That was clever. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, 
And this is where, yeah, the guy knows that uh, the he's got a guy who's presumably Russian intelligence or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I know who you are, you know, team leader. Yep. That's what the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we've got the reversible jacket here, which is the only time that jacket is actually reversible. Right. But Tom Cruise manages to get out because he's Tom Cruise. And he has a paperclip. Right. I like this bit. When he with the ledge, when he's on the ledge, and yeah, and the guy's like, "That's not a, this is not a very good wise wise idea or something like that." And Tom Cruise says it 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 seemed like it was ten minutes ago or something, you know, or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and I like how he just sort of he just lights a cigarette and waits. Yep, and the truck goes by, and he takes off his belt and repels down the wire and does all these things that must hurt a lot considering he has no shirt on he's remarkably unbruised and unscratched from that fall yeah. off the tr- off of the also tom cruise is in really good shape like yeah. i always knew he was but damn <laughs> <laughs> okay now i understand i'm like where did the bricks come from when the van went but now i see there was a pile of like yeah okay yeah that makes sense then i'm like how did the van break the, co- the stones? Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah. yeah, there was there was like a pile there that was right. unattached. Yep. So it's also really lucky as he's you know escaping and he grabs. I mean, he's a pretty average size, so grabbing the jacket that fits makes sense. But the fact that he grabbed those shoes off that, mm-hmm. he's lucky those fit. Yes. And then we get a cut to uh, this family here. Uh, we don't know who this yeah. guy is. The, the, this but is the, he's worried. He's worried. Uh, he's been watching the news. He says, we need to leave. He's talking in English so his son doesn't understand what he's saying. And But it's all for naught because, you know, he is... Yep, the bad guys are there. Bad guys are there. I feel bad for that guy. Um, yeah. And his family. Well, because he dies. Well, he dies, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. Bleeds out of Jeremy Renner's hands. Yeah. Arms. Oh, and here's here's the scene we were talking about when he gets picked up by the director, Tom Wilkinson, not Colm Wilkinson. Uh, <laughs> this would be an opportune moment to Who start. Who am I? To, uh, I, I, am. I, I? I was just thinking he he should. His mission is to bring him home. Uh, <laughs> nice. Tom Cruise is really good at drawing on his hand. Yeah, that's a very detailed drawing. <laughs> I know. He just takes he just takes Jeremy Ritter's well, pen I, and draws like a perfect face of Michael Nyquist. I do in, I do enjoy that Jeremy Renner that they use Jeremy Renner as Wikipedia a couple times in mm-hmm. this movie though. I like that. And if you if you think of his other movies, like this especially this part of the movie, he's about as un Jeremy Renner as you get, where he's sort of this milk toast kind of analyst guy well, he was not like i feel like he had didn't really hadn't made a name for himself oh no no no, no but like in in retrospect like right like they didn't like he had not yet become jeremy renner true no that's true i don't know if i saw him in anything before this no i, I guess he was in the hurt locker well when did that come out that was 2008 so oh, that okay was a couple years so that before. was before this okay i think that was his yeah that was his like i mean that was his big break that one yeah yeah I'm looking at Jeremy Renner's IMDb now. Okay. I mean, it was an episode of CSI in the in 2001, but that doesn't count. No. So it was like, so was half the planet. He probably was in a Law and Order then. I, actually, I don't see him in a Law oh, and wow. Order. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that. 
I see a bunch of random movies that he was probably not in a serious role, like a big role. But yeah, he, he had a big role in The Hurt Locker. That was his breakout role, I suppose. And of course, you know, now he's got that Disney money. Yeah. I, I like this bit here with the director. You know, they're driving the car and he says that, you know, the, the because of the bomb in the Kremlin, the president has evoked, has invoked ghost protocol and all of IMF has been disavowed and da 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 and we're going to take you in and you're going to be branded you're going to be you know branded as a terrorist or whatever and he's like unless of course you were to escape and having assaulted me and mr brant over here and then found i that like the look that brant gives him yes yes <laughs> and and found that that stash of equipment that i seem to have overlooked you know and, and all this stuff and yeah so like what bugs me about this is like we're to we are given to understand that he and Ethan go way back and he has been the director for a long time yep. and all this. And it's like, we know he hasn't been the director for a long time though. Cause this clearly doesn't take place that long after Mission Impossible three. No, he doesn't look like Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> no, no, it, no, he doesn't. He's Lawrence Fishburne in a mask. Obviously. Yeah. He's Lawrence Fishburne in a Cole Wilkinson mask. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have been happy to see Anthony Hopkins again, even. Yeah. Yeah, that's or, right. Anthony Hopkins is still around. Or if they had promoted Henry Zerny from the first movie. Yeah. Because uh, he wasn't director in the first movie, but... Yeah, I want to say, isn't he... I think he's coming back, though, in the next movie. He might be, yeah. Anthony Hopkins isn't. No. Um, no. But yeah, I... I the, and then the... As this happens, then... They're ambushed. Yep. Um, I like the the shot of the car crash inside the car. Like they they show the car careening off and tipping over, and it's just a stationary camera inside the car as Ethan kind of flies up under the ceiling and they end up in the yeah. water. I think that's a clever way of framing it. Yeah, I like how Ethan manages to like get away by putting a flare on the dead director's body and setting him out. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second, why did this work? And then the movie itself like <laughs> yes. addresses that. Because yeah, Jeremy Renner's like, why did that work? <laughs> and how did you why did you think that what would were, work? Or what what did you think that they were going to be thinking? And he's like, I wasn't thinking they were thinking. I thought they were gonna shoot at it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worked out because yeah. that's what they did. Let me get a goofy bit here with them trying to get into the train. Yeah. Where he has to put in his key code, but they keep running into poles, and and he has to jump up to yeah, and he has to jump scan. up. To I like that actually. Yeah, it's cute. It, I mean, you very rarely have a movie that actually like addresses the fact that Tom Cruise is like short. I don't know how tall is he. <laughs> Not very. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I liked that part. Yeah. Tom Cruise is five seven. Mm-hmm. He's taller than Woody so, Allen. You know. Well, you know, not saying much. <laughs> Five seven is well within the normal yeah. range of height yes. for a person, yeah. but it is certainly low. Like he's that's significantly shorter than I am, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he is. It, it is well known that he is very uh, touchy about his height. Yeah. So I like this. Uh, I like this. Uh, the safe house on rails that mm -hmm. they have here. I I enjoy the uh, the TV screen that just folds down from the wall and yeah. the table. That's, That's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. I don't know how the laying the USB stick onto the table makes it 
be yep, read. That's but... not how USB works. No. But yeah. I've had USB sticks of that type too. That you can just lay on top. And no, then no, no, no. Just like that 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 model of USB stick that they have. The oh yeah, no, I think I've had, I think I had one of those too. Yeah, yeah, that that was really common for a while. Mm-hmm. And I could see that type of thing existing, mm-hmm. like uh, the sort of the memory stick that you don't have to plug in that you just set on top of the computer. Because we have you know NFC and Bluetooth and all that. I could see that theoretically existing but that's clearly a usb flash drive yeah and now we find out that the bad guy is truly insane yeah he's he's gone like like full hugo got, drax this here this is like straight up bond yeah, yeah. i was gonna say this is straight yeah. up bond villain stuff now uh where, where the the only way to do nuclear war is to have it touch everybody at once and the people that survive will come out better for it or something i guess is his thesis that he's presenting here yeah this is dr noah sort of stuff yes <laughs> and we get this plot here of you know hendrix neat who's who's cobalt needs to get the codes and leah sado has them uh moreau i guess is her name and she's gonna sell them to this other guy wistrom and they're gonna go and try to impersonate certain people to get the codes and prevent uh, Hendrix from getting them. Yep. And of course, because it's 2011, we have to set this in the Burj Khalifa building in in (laughs) Dubai because it's now the tallest building in the world. I don't know if you saw the movie Entrapment like 10 years earlier with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery, where it was like the year after they finished the Patronus Towers, and that's where a big heist occurs in that movie because that that Ah. was the tall building at the time. Uh, (laughs) Virtually, so. is still the tallest building, isn't it? Yes, it is. Thought so. I don't think you could really build a taller building in many places other than mm. in Dubai. You know. Right. So yeah, they're they're in the Burj Khalifa. Yep. And we've now got a con- we have a convoluted plan where they're gonna basically pretend they're going to trick the buyers into going to their room, and then they're gonna go to the seller's room, and yeah, it's gonna be a, a whole convoluted thing but first off we need to get into the computer system right because we find out that we can't just hack into it which is so that means this this hotel in dubai has better security than the kremlin apparently (laughs) well you can't get a balloon up that high to drop a little (laughs) receiver down into the train in the you have you have a good point So this is where Tom Cruise's free climbing skills from the second movie come in handy. Yeah. I still can't believe he actually did this in some fashion. It's Tom Cruise. He does everything. I like when he falls while he's trying to drill the hole. Because his glove gives out? Well, no, his glove didn't give out. He had to take his hand off because he only had the one glove. Oh, right. Yeah. When he was drilling the hole, he didn't have he didn't have his glove on the on the window. He was just propping himself up with his legs. Right. And he falls over. I enjoyed that. Yep. And then he's asked, can I open this door? I'm like, no. No, you can't. But why can't he open that? If he just gave them access to the computer, why can't he open that? Yeah, I don't. Well, they they do things where, like, when they're trying to stall them in the elevator, it's like, you have control of the elevator. Just stop the elevator. That they don't do. Uh, Well, stopping the elevator would have made them suspicious, I guess. Maybe. There's a sandstorm coming. That's not going to be... No, that's that's definitely not going to be any sort of problem. And he's lost the glove. 
and he has to come back down. So he throws that, I don't know, fire hose. It goes all diehard or something here to, uh, <laughs> yes. to get out. He's running down the building and he stops like a floor too short. And Jeremy Renner is just like, Your line's not long enough. No shit. So again, he's just so not usual Jeremy Renner here. Yes. Uh, Your line's not long enough. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think he survives his attempt to get back in the building, but... There's okay. no way. Yeah. No. <laughs> also, there's no way that Jeremy Renner doesn't fall out when uh, Paula Patton is just holding onto the edge onto of the, the rug. end of his pant leg. Yeah, and a rug. Yeah. There's... No, they all died in that scene. Yeah. I mean, at least Jeremy Renner had his ankle bite with two hands at one point, but yeah. No, they're all dead. Well, I think Tom Cruise is dead the time he falls off and then Grat slides down several floors and then the glove sticks. Like that too, his yes. arm is dislocated if not severed at that point. Well Tom Cruise died a couple would have died a couple times, but in this movie. I love how Benji comes in acting all like smug and stuff because he managed to change all the floor numbers. Mm-hmm. And now we see an old MacBook Air. Yeah. And an old iPhone. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw the old iPhone earlier, but... Like, much like the iPad, the bezels on that MacBook Air are enormous. They are. That's the second-generation MacBook Air design. Well, I think Benji's working on a... Is that a, just a Mac? Or I guess he has a cover on it. It's not it's that, it's, it's not that black cover. MacBook cover. It's like, not the black... The black MacBook was already obsolete by this point. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm thinking of the... Um, what was it called? Like, when they, they had a white one and they had a black one. Yeah. That was that just the MacBook? That was already... But the, that was only the first generation plastic MacBook uh, that had a black okay. one. Yeah. The 2006 model. That was obsolete by now. Okay. And we find 2011, yeah, it wouldn't even it wouldn't have run uh the latest OS which mm-hmm. would have been Lion I think. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Here's anyway, what but that no, that's the second generation MacBook Air. Um the they it's it looks the same as it looks more or less the same as the MacBook Pro of the same era, which is the first unibody. Yes. It's just yes. You know, thinner. Anyway. But, but yeah, uh, so so they find out that <laughs> they're bringing a person along to authenticate the code, so they can't do the original plan, which was to do the goofy... Uh, they have a... Jeremy Renner has a contact lens that can take a perfect picture that sends it to this briefcase, and then it prints out a copy, but scrambles all the mm-hmm. numbers on it. Right, because the the guy that will authenticate the codes needs to be able to see the real codes. Right, so they say, well, let's just give them the real thing, and there's a bit of an argument about whether that's a good idea. Uh, it's probably not. Probably not a good idea. Especially as we see what happens in the movie after this. Right. Meanwhile, the mask maker device is no longer working, and they're saying, well... We don't know if these people have ever met before, which is a bit of a leap to take just in case, you know, <laughs> my I mean, why would they have it, it? It it seems more likely they wouldn't have than they would have anyway. Right. My my question is just a matter of visual matter. Um, I don't see how even with a mask, Paula Patton was going to pass for Leah Sido. <laughs> yeah, um, there is that. <sighs> if they had met. Yeah. Yeah. She going to wear That's like very fair white makeup? and stuff or I, I don't know anyway moot point because yeah, the they don't arm, have masks the, the benji's fake arm looks really weird when it comes out of his when his real arm comes out of his yes butt. yes 
It's like when Londo was cheating at cards. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a good thing they brought the fake arm because they yeah they were just packing all it kinds of stuff. When she gets the diamonds and puts them away, mm-hmm. she just dumps them into her purse. <laughs> yep. These tiny little diamonds in that big bag. Yep. That, no. You're going to no, be hunting around why? for those would for you, a while. Y- yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> but she sees what's really happening because she sees the contact lens. Mm-hmm. Oh, and at the same time, the scientist just got shot. Yeah. Poor guy. And yeah, so Tom Cruise is going after the guy to get the codes. Paula Patton is having a fight here with Leah Sado because she wants revenge for the guy's death, even though they said she's not allowed to kill her at this point. And it ends up kicking, admittedly in self-defense, kicking Leah Sado off out the window. Yep, that would be a terrible way to go. Yeah, you'd uh, be thinking about that for a little you, you while would before be. you die. Yeah, that's a long fall. It's a nice scene, though, where you see your fall and you see the sandstorm in the background. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. And now we've got Tom Cruise running, as, he, as is his want. Yeah, he's running uh, as the sandstorm is bearing down on him. We should say that he does get stopped by the Russian guy. The Russian oh, yeah, on the escalator. Yeah. The Russian cop or whatever he is. Russian security. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What. Some sort of. Yeah. Briefly. Yes. But enough to cue the bad guy into the fact that he's being followed. Mm-hmm. And now we're running through the sandstorm. We get Chekhov's I goggles. Pull- yep. Because he had he had left his goggles around his neck after climbing on the wind up the wall and Jerry Renner's like, hey, you need to take your goggles off before he went yep. into the meeting. So yes, he happened mm-hmm. to have them on hand. So that's useful when the sandstorm happens. Mm-hmm. Also, when he pulls out his phone to like check the, to find where he is and it's beeping like a detector in the sandstorm. I'm getting very strong uh, <laughs> Star Trek two vibes here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> same orange Lots sand. Yeah. Bay. Oh no. <laughs> This is a really well done sequence, and, and it's it's a, a yeah. sequence that I don't think I've seen really before. Like I, I mean, I'm sure there've been sandstorms in movies, but it's just a unique sure. way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a shame. It's another one that doesn't actually accomplish anything at all. Nope. I I do like when he steals the guy's car. Like his his convertible top blew off, and his he and his buddy are trying to get it. And then Tom Cruise just takes the car and drives away. And I like his, uh, I like how he like outfoxed the guy by getting off the different exit ramps so that he could head on, do the yep. head on collision. That mm-hmm. was good. Yeah. But uh, then, yeah, he chases after him and he gets away on a truck. Yep. But we find out that it wasn't Wistrom. It was Hendrix wearing a Wistrom mask. Shocker. Because everybody can get masks now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Hendrix drives off in a car and they go back to a safe house. Here's where we get more Jeremy Renner background. Yep, we find out that Jeremy Renner was in charge of security for Ethan and his wife. Mm-hmm. And he blames himself for Ethan's wife dying. Yep. Which is the first we, we've heard of this. Yes. That she died. It's the first that Benji's heard of this, too. Yeah. But meanwhile, Ethan is going to go off and meet somebody. He's going to put on a face mask because Discount Fabio tells him to. Well, I like that it's the same Discount Fabio from the first movie. It is the same discount, and, and from the first pretty much movie. the same ha- the same mask thing too. I just wish it had been Max. There. Yes, that would have been cool, or some kind of Max reference here, mm-hmm. other than another. Well, we'll get Max references later. We will, and yeah. So this whole scene is really just so that 
Bogdan's is it his cousin? I don't remember. Something like that, yeah. Uh, we'll tell the Russians yep. that this is going on. Mm-hmm. And now we're flying to India. And it says Mumbai, but doesn't say India, I believe. It did tell us India earlier, though. Yes. So, like, we can forgive them for not informing us that it's that it's not Mumbai, sure. India. Yeah. And we're going to go, and somehow this guy who's the show host from Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, <laughs> Another movie I haven't seen. Oh, okay. No, he plays, he's, he plays the Indian version of uh, Regis Philbin. Uh-huh. In Slumdog Millionaire. I've seen him in other things. Yeah, oh yeah, he's pretty famous, I think. Yeah, he has the broadcast codes that we need. Which seems implausible, but okay. Yes. Okay, my whole, he's got this whole party thing. At, at one point, his butler or whatever walks up with a tra- silver tray of cell phones <laughs> yep. when one is ringing mm-hmm. is he like standing like you know five feet away at all times so that he can immediately bring them to him when the phone rings well he must like, because he then takes them over to agent carter it, it, yeah it's just wow yeah the rich really do live different lives mm-hmm. because i'm a bit of a space nerd i enjoy like how they're all named after planets and benji is complaining that he's pluto and pluto isn't even a planet <laughs> yes that is good uh and jeremy runner really does not want to jump down the shaft can you blame him no i can't blame him at all and i, I like i like on the plane earlier when he's going over it again and he's like yes and i will catch you with magnets and we find out they have to turn the they have to turn the turbine off which is going to cause the computer to overheat which is more problems uh just a bit yeah so yeah he's in that computer Mm-hmm. waiting to, for the codes so yeah that computer why is there so much space for him to hang inside the computer in the first place well it's like the turbo shaft on the discovery <laughs> but yeah she has so she has to seduce the the billionaire guy who's a real creep just uh, a bit, yeah but he's also into being like dominated which is also creepy yeah and meanwhile they're so I get so Hendrix is sending a virus to the satellite so he can take it over, I think. Or something. Because the whole idea is that he can then launch a nuclear weapon with the briefcase that he has from the Kremlin. Uh so at one point, Jeremy Renner is still in this giant computer that's overheating and like sweat falls off and sizzles on this plate. Like mm-hmm. Wouldn't the computer just have shut down at this point if it's that hot? Yes. I mean, because if the sweat is if the sweat is sizzling when it lands on it, then it's gonna be like two hundred degrees or more. More, yeah. Uh no. Uh, yeah. A, a, a computer cannot run at that temperature, or most computers certainly right. can't, unless it's specifically designed to do so. In which case, it wouldn't need the cooling. Right. Exactly. Actually, no. No, it could. Okay. Because that's only, sorry, I'm thinking about the fact that normally, like, I I said I would see temperature monitoring on a computer in Celsius. So I was thinking 200 and then thinking that most computers, most computers have a thermal threshold of around 90 or 95. But that's Celsius, which is actually right around 200 Fahrenheit. So, yeah, yeah, actually, it could. Okay. So I take everything that I said (laughs) just now back. Okay. So I think, yeah, it, it definitely could. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. How did he redirect the subs uh, call? Um, That's a great question. 
Because he sends the launch command to a sub, and they call for confirmation, yep. and they get him. Feels right out of Johnny English, actually. Yes, it uh. does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I had forgotten, <laughs> mercifully, about that whole scene. Oh. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Uh, we get this goofy bit of Jeremy Renner trying to get back up the shaft by getting blown by the turbine. I like when he finally gets out and he's he only says the like, next time I'm gonna seduce next time guys. I get to seduce the rich guy. <laughs> yes, that was good. Uh, oh, and the Russian Secret Service guy is at the party and sees Ethan on the way out, so that's a problem. Yep. And you know, Hendrix thinks he's done what he needs to do, and he but Ethan arrives as they're leaving, and he Ethan goes after Hendrix, and Carter goes after Wistrom, who's now ripping out all the stuff in this server room to so they can't cancel the missile. Uh, yep. So Ethan chases Hendrix to one of those uh, car vending machine parking yeah, garages. Yeah, which I think is an interesting yeah, this works. thing. Yeah. I wonder what's with the one car. There's one car that's like covered in streamers, which is <laughs> kind of weird. But like, I understand if you would decorate a car for a, a reason. Yeah. But like, why would you why would there be one parked in a parking garage? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This whole thing is it is definitely interesting. Um, yeah. I, I I like the how you know they keep falling and jumping from level to level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it works pretty well. Yeah, would one of these things be this active? Like they're it they're constantly moving cars around in there. Yeah, that is an interesting point. I wonder. Yeah, I like I it. Like I like how mean, Ethan realizes the fastest way to get down is just drive a car down the center. Yeah. Airbags. <laughs> well, I like the line later about the insurance company, too. Yes. Um. But yeah, like, you know, they, they're they're fighting and these cars are coming around and like Ethan gets his knee injured and he breaks Hendrick's arm and everything. And then Hendrix just grabs the briefcase and jumps off the thing yep. and bounces off a car. Like, there's no way he's alive. Like, they show him like alive at the end, like looking at him briefly and stuff. But which yeah, there's no way. He's I didn't need like, that. even if he is still alive at that point, he is not long for this world. No. Well, he isn't because he dies like right afterwards. But. Yeah. But yeah, so Ethan's like, I have, I have to get down to the bottom. So he jumps in the car and <laughs> and he just drives off, nose down, yep. airbag deploys. Uh, oh, yeah, there's the streamers. Um, <laughs> and, he, and then the Russians come in and the Russian guy, police guy comes in and uh, he's like, oh, he finally figured it out that they were working on the same. Yep. They were on the same side, mm -hmm. just like Ethan had been trying to tell him the yep, whole time. Exactly. <laughs> And they end up back in Seattle. And we get a Luther cameo. Luther cameo. So we didn't mention this. Like, so he get Ethan, after he crashes the car, he gets the briefcase out and he opens it up and he goes to hit the cancel button. He goes, mission accomplished. And he hits the thing and nothing happens. And I love the fact that Luther calls out how cheesy that is. <laughs> He's like, you yes. really said that. You really said that. And then Luther gets up and leaves. Yep, and everyone else comes and sits down, and they all save the world, and they get rewarded with brand new iPhone 4s. <laughs> uh, and uh, Ethan says he wants them all to be on a, on a team to, together, yep. and this is where Brant reveals to Ethan that he was the one that let his wife die, and Ethan reveals to Brant that his wife's not dead. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, and she's actually getting off the shuttle or the boat or whatever right now. And they uh, they exchange a glance and mm -hmm. then ethan gets a call about his next mission which does actually is actually his real next mission because they're talking about uh 
an emerging terror organization known as The Syndicate. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about them next week. Yes, we will. But this movie ends with Ethan walking off and disappearing into the fog. Indeed. Yeah. This is good. I like this. I, I, yeah. I really enjoy this one. Uh, I don't think it's as good as the third one. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a fun movie. And this is the sort of thing I expect out of the Mission Impossible movies. Yes. This is like, this is pretty much a a, a standard entry in the franchise, I yep. would say. Yeah. It's it's good. I would happily watch it again. Uh, it's, it's certainly not one that you want to think too much about while you're watching it. <laughs> but... But it's enjoyable. It's yeah. It's it's sort of like the world is not enough. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Living daylights. There you go. It's not like nothing to like get super excited about, but it's a it's a decent installment. It's one of the ones that if I ran across it on TV, I would probably just keep on the channel and watch it. Yeah. But yeah. Next one is what Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Which I don't think I've seen since it came out. For some reason, I thought there were more than six of these, but I guess there are so far only six. I, I, the only thing I remember honestly from that movie is the him clinging to the side of the plane, which I think is right <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. I remember there's uh this time it's he has to go into a computer that's like underwater because it's cooled with a giant like hmm. cistern and mm -hmm. he has to swim around and avoid a thing that's. Going around and around, or that might be the that might be the next one. But no, I think that's Rogue Nation. No, I don't think I don't think that's Fallout because I've seen that one more recently. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's Rogue Nation. I also remember I, I just remember all the trailers for Rogue Nation leading up to it, where they kept talking about how the Syndicate was uh, an anti IMF. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll talk about that next week. We will. All right. Well, thank you for listening to us this week. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at Podspiel. Or you can send us an email at spielpodcast at gmail.com. And then you can also find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. You can find me on Twitter at Listening to Film. For now, License to Spiel will return next week with Mission Impossible Rogue Nation.